What's up guys, Key Michael here, professional volleyball player, Olympian, photographer, YouTuber, and now podcaster. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> but I've been playing volleyball professionally for 10 years and I want to shed a little bit of light on what that means, especially in the era of 2020 and COVID. So I booked a flight, rented a car, and I set off throughout Europe to meet professional female volleyball players and tell their stories. Because as you guys know, we're all so much more than just an athlete. And thus was born this series, The Volley Bubble. So be sure to hop on over to YouTube and see all the behind the scenes of trainings and in the homes of the guests on this show. But for now, just sit back and enjoy a raw and candid conversation between two professional female athletes. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to my fourth guest Thank on The you. Volley Bubble <laughs> podcast. This everyone is Tessa Grubbs. I feel like I always want to do like a little blast Just like this. Just a little blast yeah. like the button. Exactly. I don't have any of those cool podcasts like, yay, buttons, but I'll get them. We'll get there. We'll get there, guys. Um, so basically, as I explain in the beginning of every podcast, it's not an interview. I don't have questions prepared. It's basically just, I want to get to know you. I want people who are outside of the volleyball world to know what it's like to play professional volleyball in 2020. So you played for the University of Tennessee. Yes, I did. And this is your first full professional season overseas. Yes, like 1.5. I had that little half season that got ended due to COVID, but it was still a good experience. But yes, I'm very excited to be here this season. That was in Slovenia. Yes, okay. it was. And this year you're in France. And tell me about it. What have, what have you experienced so far? What's been different? What's been expected or unexpected? Yeah. I mean, just the whole difference part is going through it during COVID. I mean, the whole visa process and getting over here was very stressful. Mm -hmm. um, I've had four COVID tests. I've had four all of, already. Yeah, so I had one before I left, and we've had two or three now. So there's been actually that doesn't sound like that much if you've been here a month. Yeah, because some people were telling me they've been tested pretty much every week. Your coach yeah. was saying that he, your strength coach was saying he has to get tested every week to be yeah. able to train with you. We guys. have to get tested a lot. Um, and it's the one that goes all the way up the nose. <laughs> as far as they can put it. And I have Tickles my... Brain exactly. And I have my septum piercing and my nose piercing. So right. it's like a Kerplunk game. You know, the game Kerplunk no. with the marbles and you pull out the the sticks and the marbles fall down. Um, I know the one like pickup sticks where one stick will fall. It's similar to that. Similar. So okay, like, okay. They put all the marbles and you pull out the sticks while pulling it out is like a Kerplunk game because <laughs> I have all the metal in my nose. And it was just like, that was the most nerve wracking part. Yeah. Um, but no, it hasn't been too bad. That's like the big difference hearing from everyone's experiences to like experiencing it during COVID. Yeah. Because um, my coach at Tennessee played professional in France, okay. actually in Cannes. So he knows all about right. this. Um, he knows all about Mujan and all of it. Uh -huh. And he was telling me and I was like, it's just so different with with COVID. But I absolutely love it here. I love the team. We finished our first regular season game, won that. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm I'm loving it here. Yeah. The people, the place, the beach five minutes away from my apartment. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And speaking of COVID, you, I, so this morning I was supposed to come to your weights training, mm -hmm. which I did come to, but yeah. you texted me five minutes before and said, oh, I don't think you're going to be allowed in because the coach or the, whoever it was at reception, you know, it's technically supposed to be closed because of COVID. Yeah. And these are the weird things that I'm running into, which by the way, anyone listening, I just walked myself in and let myself <laughs> in and just did the, did the video anyway. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's so many things that are you just wouldn't even expect. And, and 
I definitely in my 10 years of playing have never experienced the kind of things that you girls are experiencing this season. So it's really, it's interesting. It's interesting yes. to hear. I think it'll make the next seasons easier. Honestly, yeah, I've been sure. going through this kind of as a rookie, even though I did have that five, six, seven week experience in Slovenia, kind of going through this at such a hard time, not being able to socialize as much or intermingle with teams. Like we live in the apartments with the Lacanay girls. Right. Um, not being able to kind of maybe intermingle with them as much as we would normally. And they, so the coaches and the staff specifically said, do not hang out with those girls. No, you know, yeah, at the, <laughs> the, the rivals, don't, don't talk to them. <laughs> um, at the beginning, yes, because there was a positive test on their team and right. we were trying to avoid that at all costs. Obviously yeah. you don't want to stop training. You don't want to, you don't want to get sick at all. Yeah. And so at first it was kind of avoid them at all costs just for this little time being. Now we haven't talked about it. I don't know if it's as lax, but even just like the social aspect of the city and everything is just so different. And have they specifically advised you not to go out to eat in restaurants, not to go to bars? Like what's um, the sort of vibe of the team? The vibe of the team is kind of, you can go out to restaurants, like we'll go out to restaurants as a team, like uh -huh. for uh, for games and stuff. But if you don't really have to, have to, uh -huh. don't go out. Like don't go out with big, like big groups of people. Don't yeah. do this. Always have your mask on you and just be careful. Cause right. like I said, you don't want, you don't want to not be able to play for two weeks because you had to play your test positive, which has been happening a lot. I've seen a lot all over Instagram. It's like, oh, this team has seven players that tested positive. Yeah, and it was like a men's team, and I was like, we just don't want that because if one gets it, you're all touching the same balls. You're in right. the same gym. It's hard, and it's interesting because I guess the reason this sort of volleyball idea came up was because I was watching. There's an NBA vlogger, Matisse Thybul or Thybul, I never know, <laughs> Tybul Thybul, what? Um, and the NBA, as I'm sure you probably know, they literally put them into in a, a bubble. bubble. You know, they took them all and they just transplanted them into Orlando. No one was allowed in or out. They had to use their little wristbands to log in where they were and when. No family, no friends, no girlfriends, wives, kids. But here, it's really just life as normal. I mean, nothing really has changed except, you know, every once in a while things will be closed to the public or like you yeah. said your your game this weekend is going to be closed to on the public. Saturday is closed to the public um I just read that in our group message just for the reason of having too many people I guess with the city there has been something said like hey things need yeah. to be closed and so this Not is just people. as of today or yesterday yeah I guess because I mean, this weekend I, I, I know Le, Le Canet they they had their game like normal and Coupe de France. Was, so did we. Ours, yeah. we had fans. And then just reading it, it said it was closed. Um, we even posted, I think two days ago, that it was open yeah. and all you required were like masks and temperature checks mm -hmm, and everyone mm -hmm. needs to sign in so we know like who's there, what's going on. But I don't know for sure, but reading that, it, it looked like it was closed, which is kind of upsetting. I mean. And how do you think much. that's going to affect your game? I mean, I can't imagine playing in front of zero public, especially because yeah. we don't have the technology the NBA has where they have, you know, they their faces just, and yeah. like all the cheering sounds. Yeah. It's literally going to be an empty gym. It's going to be an experience. I mean, I've never experienced that. I've always yeah. had fans at the gym, whether it was Tennessee or, I mean, you're playing in club, you have so many other teams playing, so many parents watching coaches. Right. It's so different. And so I'm really interested to see how this is about to go. I mean, it's literally like a closed scrimmage or like a closed yeah. practice is what it's going to feel like. I feel like it'll take, it'll take kind of like the energy, the, the exciting special, energy yeah. of a game that you know, you exactly. bring your A game because it's game time. And yeah. It's all the adrenaline, but talking to um, 
some friends who are like I have a friend who's in the NBA mm-hmm. and there he's like there's just no fans it's just nothing yeah. it's just so weird and then even like talking to colleges back she's like or college teammates in the past they were like yeah we don't no fans they only, also college this year yeah yeah according to what I've read online they said no fans and then also they're only playing eight games this season at least in the SEC yeah so I know what they're doing is like for example Tennessee's their first weekend's at Kentucky so they're at Kentucky for two games and then they come home and then they only play Kentucky and then they do that for four weekends just four different teams two times each and I guess it's just kind of like a they don't really count for anything because there's no NCAA tournament I just can't imagine like the seniors going through that. I know. Because we're close with one of the seniors. I mean, it has to be rough. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Well, speaking, so, okay. So COVID aside, this being your first 1.5, season (laughs) 1.5, what other things have you experienced that you're sort of like, well, that would have never happened in college or that's definitely not something I've seen before. Um, Post-match on Saturday, getting a glass of wine. Yes. Like, we were allowed to order a glass of wine at dinner. And I was like, right. wow. Like, I feel like an adult. Oh, I'm an adult. I can <laughs> exactly. make my own decisions. This is exactly. new. <laughs> and it's not just like turning 21 in the U.S. is exciting because mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. finally get to drink. But it was like, this is a whole nother level. Like, my coach is right there. Yeah. And I can have a glass of wine. Yeah. Like, because in college, you don't do that. I mm-hmm. mean, even if you are 21, your coaches are like, obviously... Yeah, no. No, I and think so, there's some rules about that, right? The coaches are actually not allowed yeah. to be in the same they can't vicinity as you it, yeah. if you're socializing or drinking or exactly. alcohol involved or something. And so it was like our coach was like, "Yeah, you guys know everyone has like a glass of wine or a beer," and I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> I like this a lot." Um, that was definitely something that I was like a post game match like with the coach. And that that that, that was an away game and yes. home matches. Normally, it's it's similar as well. You'll all go up to the VIP area. Well, depending on each team, but there'll be like some kind of small room with some little snick- snickers, some little <laughs> snacks yeah. and drinks. Like that's a really yeah. big part of it. The fans or the benevoles, which are basically the people who work around the club that don't get paid. They love to have drinks with the with the players afterwards and just, you yeah. know, chat and, and get to know you a little bit as a player. And yeah, they're always beer, beer, wine, yeah. red wine, white. Which, I love it here. Yeah. I mean, just like to have a glass of wine at dinner is just so casual and it's cheaper than water sometimes. Yeah. And so it's it's just nice. So I never expected that. And then also just playing pro in general. I never expected that. Uh-huh. And so just like being over here is super cool. And like the You top never league. expected to play pro? No. So I didn't start playing volleyball until high school. Right. Um, okay. Because in middle school I was told to quit because I was really bad. I tripped over my own feet. You know what? To We're tall. This, you know what? <laughs> exactly. All you Libros out there that are like, well, you can't pass a free ball. Look, okay, let's it's see hard. you block. Okay. I know it's we're uncoordinated, but we can do some things. Yes. <laughs> my very first, like the summer going, or yeah, kind of like the end of eighth grade. I got cut from the seventh grade volleyball team. Eighth grade, I was the best bent former there ever was. Like I was so good at <laughs> Cheer squad. Woo. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So good at that. And then finally I got into club and a coach like saw something in me. Mm-hmm. Um, he loves to tell the story of the time that I tripped over a ball or actually it was over air. I tripped over air and there was on the a way to air. pick up a ball. Yes. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, that. And then, so from there, everyone told me to quit and everyone told him like, why are you wasting time on her? And then of course, competitive Tessa kicked in and yes. I was in the gym every day for two years straight. I love that. Just working to get something. Cause I was like, I'm not going to let these coaches win. Like. And I Tell love that it, it took a, like maybe one person believing in you, but you did it. Exactly. You turned on the switch and said, you know what? No, 
you can talk all you want, blah, blah, blah. I get to decide if exactly. I'm good enough. I get to decide where I get to go in life. Exactly. That's... And so it was, it was exciting just to kind of, he brought me over to a new club who they put me on the national team, like, cause I was trying out and I'm like, oh, I'm probably only going to make a threes team. Like not very good. They pull me into a room. They're like, we see so much potential. Yes. What are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I tripped, <laughs> I don't know, over, you tell me. I tripped over my feet over there. <laughs> And so it was exciting to have someone like else believe in me and Mm -hmm. like kind of have a club behind me. And I'm extremely thankful for my club for letting me go in there every single day Mm -hmm. and work until I finally like started getting college views, which I did not think I wanted to. I didn't want to play in college. I was kind of doing volleyball. My friends got me into it in middle school. Two best friends were playing. You know, you don't want to be that left out friend. Uh Um, I really didn't want to play in college. Recruiting was stressful for me. And then committed to Tennessee, met all of my best friends. Mm-hmm. That team got me through everything. We went through ups and downs together, coach changes, went through a lot together. And then kind of my new coaches that came in were like, do you want to play pro? Like we see it. And I was like, yeah, like I want to. And then I had shoulder problems, one shoulder surgery down, lots of issues with that. I was kind of like, didn't think it was still possible. And then this new coaching staff came in. They were extremely good with my shoulder. Anytime I needed a day off, they gave me a day off. Anytime Uh I needed a little extra PT during practice, I got that. So it was, it was great. And then finally December rolled around of senior year and they're like, Hey, you're getting some looks like we'll pay for school in the summer if you want to go in the spring now. And so I kind of took that semester off, which was stressful (laughs) because I was like, am I going to be able to graduate? And then COVID hit. Yeah. Um, and so kind of leaving early and going, coming over with like the unknown of graduating was stressful for me, but it all worked out in the end, got my degree, finished it here in France and yeah, it all worked out. So, so it was your coaches who were giving you all the knowledge, all the information about what it meant to go yes. play pro because that's, I'm always curious about that because when I graduated a million bazillion years ago, the internet didn't exist. No, I'm kidding. It did. <laughs> but it was so hard to figure out. Like people, I remember one specific, I had a player and she was from Sweden and she's like, my dad's an agent. Do you want to go play pro in Europe? And I was like, I just don't know what that means. Like, yeah. can you explain that to me? Mm-hmm. But nowadays, I guess, you know, you have Instagram, you have Facebook, you, you can kind of, you can find a bit more information. You can follow players Definitely. if you want to. Was that, so your coaches gave you a lot of information, but did you go out and find that as well? Did you sort of think do a little bit of research and figure out what pro-life looks like? Well, yes. How much did you know? Um, so with my coach, he actually played pro. Um, right, you were saying. So he kind of gave me like the rundown of what kind of like your typical day is going to look like, mm-hmm. just kind of the basics of it. And then obviously from team to team, it's going to vary depending on your coach, the team, the president, yeah. just the whole basic structure. And then he hooked me up with my agents who actually are super good about that. And they're like, hey, this team's interested. This kid plays for them, reach out to her. And they give you their number. So you can actually get like that in depth of like that specific club. Right. So that was you get in contact with a player that already played for that club. Yes. So that's through. Are you guys you're with Bring It? Yes, I am with Bring It. Um, And so Nick always would send me, hey, here's this player's number. Just shoot her a text, ask her how it is. Uh Let me know your thoughts after. Yeah. Um, My agents were really good about explaining it to me. It is easy to find stuff online about it, but at the same time I struggle with like the language difference or 
kind of the appearance of Instagram. It's like, oh, it looks great here. And then you DM them and it's like, no, don't go there kind of thing. <laughs> um, but like you said earlier, everyone's experience is different and you can't yeah. just turn it down from that. So it is hard to, to be really specific about what each person's going to experience because yeah, it varies not only from club to club, but as soon as a new coach comes into the same club or a different sponsor comes yeah. on board to the very same club from year to year, could be a totally different experience. Exactly. So you've got to always take it with a grain of salt. I think if you do get advice from players that are there or have been there, but it definitely helps to form, you know, to more, um, have a bit more knowledge and form a more educated opinion yeah. rather than just like, sure, my agent says it, uh, it's good money, so I'm going to do it. Exactly. I look a lot into I, what the agent says and then what that player says. And then I also, I'm big on getting out and socializing and yeah. just being like in the moment kind of. Yeah. Um, I love taking pictures. It's bad. Um, Why is that bad? You're literally talking to somebody that's obsessed with taking It's everywhere. Me and a teammate went out on a boat and I think we have a thousand pictures. But the best the one thing. makes it to Instagram. And yes. And it definitely did. And the hat um, made it to Instagram. <laughs> it was, yes. It is on there. Um, and so I did a lot of research and actually as a college team last summer, we came to Con, and... So I experienced it last year. I was like, man, what would it be like to just live here and play here? And a year later, here I wow. am loving it. You manifested uh, this. <laughs> yes, I'm so happy. Um, so yeah, I did a lot of research on like the city outside of volleyball because right. it's not all about volleyball. Mm -hmm. And I think for me personally, in order to be a successful volleyball player, it needs to be about other things with volleyball yes. kind of thing. A hundred percent. I could not agree more. So... Speaking of then, what is it that you like to do outside of volleyball when you're I when love you have time? Shopping. Okay. That is a weakness of mine. <laughs> You've got that here in yes. can, that's for sure. There's I like do. one street of just all designer luxury. I, is it Louis Vuitton? Know, Louis Vuitton, yes. Gucci, all oh, of yeah. all of the things. Yes, it is the best street <laughs> ever. I discovered it last year and I would just walk down it up and I just like walk up and down and be like, you're so pretty. This bag is perfect. And also time. this might be why volleyball players complain about not having enough money because we spend it all. Yeah. <laughs> we don't make that much money, especially yes. in the first couple of years, mm -hmm. but the shops and that there's so many things to do, so much yes. delicious food to eat. So many, so many like experiences to have. Exactly. You're like, oh man, I want to, want to spend, but I want to save. My mom's already told me not to buy Louis bags. Because I love Louis Vuitton is my weakness. <laughs> I love it. I only have one purse. Uh -huh. I actually got it from Nice mm -hmm. when we were here last year. Don't know how I pulled that off. Thank you, mom and dad. <laughs> um, it was a birthday, Christmas, and graduation. Gift right. All, all rolled into exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah. And so she was like, that's your bag. You're done. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, it's a 10-minute ride away. That might be hard. But no, just the whole shopping. Mm -hmm. There are so many restaurants here. There's literally everything yeah. I need. I mean, there's grocery stores. The beach is five to 10 minutes from my apartment. Yeah. Everything is just right here. What What more could I need? I'm playing volleyball. I'm making money. I can, I have freedom. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's super nice. Now, if I could learn how to drive a car, yes. a manual car. It you would will learn. I promise you. It seems overwhelming. And in my first year, I was, I was exactly like you. They, they, they dropped me off and they were like, well, here's your car. Now get yourself to your apartment. What? Luckily, the, the team is not 
upset about having to drive me places because um, usually I just tag along. Like, and you all live in the same complex. Exactly. So you, can, you can just go like, with, with hey, if mates. anyone's going to the grocery store, count me in. <laughs> I'd like some food. But no, it's also nice because you can Uber Eats groceries. Yeah. So if I ever really need anything, it's like just Uber Eats it to the house. Yeah. Don't even have to leave the apartment. Super nice. Luxury. <laughs> um, and so what about sort of mental preparation outside of volleyball or maybe to go along with volleyball do you do any sort of like yoga meditation any kind of work on the on the brain yeah I don't so much like meditate and do yoga as I do just take time away from volleyball Mm. so no thinking about volleyball no talking about volleyball no watching film just like after I'm done for the day before practice I'll watch film all that but when I'm done with practice I come home I shower and I'm Tessa yeah. I'm not Tessa the volleyball player. Yeah. Um, I like to walk to the beach a lot and just go yeah. hang out on the beach. And I like to read my book on the beach. It's uh-huh. fun too. The the book is also really helpful. Like The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. It's <laughs> yeah. a great book of just disconnect. You're not just a label. Yeah. Because um, that's the big thing for me is because I feel like in college when you introduce yourself, it's, hey, I'm Tessa. I'm, I'm a volleyball player here. Right. Rather than, hey, I'm Tessa. I'm this, this, and this. So I feel like that's important for me to stay engaged in volleyball and not burn out is just no volleyball after practice yeah. or after anything like that. It's just myself. I talk to my friends a lot on the phone because this is usually when they're waking up mm-hmm. and it's just, it's nice to unplug. Yeah, it's for just, sure. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that you almost want to get away from that identity of being just a volleyball player because I feel now after 10 years of being just a pro volleyball player, not just, obviously, I do a lot of other things, but now people ask me like, oh, what are you doing? And yeah. I'm like, um, I don't know. <laughs> like, am I a volleyball player? Can I still technically claim that? It's weird. There's this weird sort of like yeah. identity shift now that I'm on the, the back end of the career. And I find it interesting that you're just even straight from the beginning, like, no, I'm not just a volleyball player. Yeah. I do all these other things too. I think what helped me learn that was uh, my internship in the right. summer. Um, I worked with kids who were extremely traumatized, who had gone through a lot of things. They were living in kind of this PRTF, which is just a home, a therapeutic foster home kind mm-hmm. of. And um, it was just something to where I didn't tell them I played volleyball immediately. I was like, oh, I'm a student at the University of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, what are you doing here in Charlotte? And I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm home. This is where I live. I just wanted to come do my internship here. And I grew so much as a person. Mm -hmm. I think it helps me with everything. Just realizing that we all have it good. Like these are kids who didn't deserve these things and I'm able to help them. So I kind of identify as a rec therapist, even though I'm not fully certified yet. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I'll take my exam when testing centers open back up right um when I'm back home in May but it's kind of like that helped me realize that I can do so much more yeah and even still be a player and do so much more because these I impacted these kids life even I was only there for 14 weeks but it's like you can make such more like much more of an impact than just volleyball and it's I'm glad I'm realizing that early yeah because in college I only identified as a volleyball player right and so now realizing that I can do that as well as help people yeah it's it's nice yeah for sure and it's important to recognize that yes you have other skills you can Mm -hmm. give more to the world yes and 
So do you see yourself studying a little bit more as as you're evolu- as you're playing volleyball and your career is advancing? You're keeping in the back of your mind, okay, what do I want to do after volleyball? And do you think this could be something? Yes. So the whole rec therapy thing is geared more towards people with physical disabilities or intellectual disabilities. And that's what I worked with when I was studying in school. And then this internship just popped up and it was the mental health side of it. Mm. And me, I struggled with anxiety in college. So just me kind of having that and being like, wow, mental health, I can connect with that personally. And then seeing how rec therapy can affect the lives of these children or even homes like this for adults, or I mean, we're in prisons, we're in schools, we're in everything. Wow. Um, and I found my passion for it and more of the mental health side. Yeah. And I love it. I mean, I would have no problem going back to where I was at Thompson Child and Family Focus and working for them. Luckily, they treated me like family. Mm-hmm. And rec therapy is still a new thing. Not many people know what it is. And they were treated with such like respect there, me and my supervisor. And it was just crazy. And I fell in love with everything. Like just the kids seeing the difference. We worked with girls who were sex trafficked. We worked with... Wow. Um, kids who were like abused physically, sexually, emotionally, all of it. And so I definitely found a passion in helping them while it is hard. That's also something where it helped me learn that how to leave volleyball at volleyball. Cause right. for them, I had to leave work at work because mm. I can't come home thinking about how, how bad these kids have had it. So definitely it also taught me that lesson of leaving volleyball at home or leaving volleyball at volleyball. Sorry. Not yeah. Home. But yeah, it was, it was awesome. And putting things in perspective as well, because the more you sort of turn the light off of yourself, all my problems, I'm having a bad day, I'm tired, my legs are sore, blah, blah, blah. And exactly like you said, see what other people are going through and be a little bit empathetic for them. You realize how good you do have it. Yeah. And we as volleyball, you know, as professional players, we do have a really good life and we are really blessed and really lucky to do what we do. So yeah, I love that you say that. And I guess I would I would also say to anyone else who's listening to this, who wants to be a professional volleyball player, finding those kind of passions or those hobbies or anything that you might do outside of volleyball, it I think it keeps you a little bit sane as well. Yes. Like no definitely. matter what it is, being able to do exactly what you said, shut off from this was volleyball, that was my day, that was my training, now it's me time, yeah. now I cook, now I draw, now I read my books. Exactly. Yeah. And it also helps because my supervisor from my internship will text me sometimes like, hey, the girls say they miss you. And I'm like, it just shows that I made an impact. And honestly, that keeps me sane as well. Like I did something outside of volleyball that someone appreciates. So, yeah, it's definitely something that I love now. So, yeah, I'm super excited that after volleyball, I found something that I'm just as passionate about, For sure, which I feel like as an athlete is hard. Like yeah. finding something because you do this so much, you don't have time to find that. Yeah. So I'm glad I went to a university as well that allowed me to to do both things. Yeah. And I guess that's another thing. I was speaking to one of your teammates today and she was sort of, she's thinking about, oh, it's I'm towards the end of my career and I might want to retire. And I asked her, did she study? What did she study? No, I haven't. I didn't. I went straight from high school to professional. Mm-hmm. And that must be so hard for players that don't have anything after yeah. Like, what do you do? Like, all we know how to do is play volleyball. So, yeah, I noticed that a lot of European players too go yeah. straight from high school into professional. And then when we come over here and they're like, oh, like, what are you going to study? I'm like, I finished. Yeah. They're like, how old are you? Like 22. And I'm, I'm completely done with all my studies. Like, yeah. 
I have a bachelor's degree. I have the opportunity to get a master's if I want. Like, I'm just done. And they're yeah. like, oh, I'm, I might start school next year. Yeah. Or the year after. And I'm, it's just so interesting to me that their life is all about volleyball. And I mean, they're like 25, 26. Yeah. And it's just all volleyball. And, it, and nothing. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 well, I mean, there's obviously everyone treats it differently and everyone yeah. has a different experience. But, um, so what about, so back to physically, then back to volleyball. Do yes. you, you, so you said you were dealing with some shoulder surgery mm-hmm. issues. Yes. Um, do you have any specific recovery things or any kind of prehab that you do that helps you survive a long season? I mean, it's eight months. Yes. Um, so I had a slap tear, a type two slap tear repair, which is labrum tear and my bicep, um, with yeah, with my bicep involvement. Um, oh. and so I had that in May of 2017. Mm-hmm. So I'm three years out and it feels good. I still do get some pains. Um, but what I do is just with everyday warmups, I do all of my shoulder, like you said, prehab. Okay. Um, yeah. Is that with the elastic band? Yeah. I have my bands. The... I have, um, scat pushups, mm-hmm. stuff like that, just things. And then very blessed to have a physical therapist on our staff that I can see as much as I need to. Oh, that's so good. Yes. I went yesterday after our match, after taking 60 swings and it was just phenomenal. And you can see him or her anytime you want. Um, up to three or four times a week. Yeah. That's really good. So that's he, unusual in pro. Yeah. He usually Not unusual, but there are sometimes you'll have teams where they're like, um, we can fit you in once a week, yeah, maybe here and there. But no, yeah. it was it's really nice. We have like three days a week that are set in stone, but something happens, you jam your back. He's like, oh, I can get you in at three thirty yeah. today. Perfect. Like it's just super helpful getting all of that, and he has great technology, like a laser treatment on my shoulder, complex all the things that I would have gotten at Tennessee, um, which I didn't expect Mm -hmm. because I know a lot of it, you kind of bring in yourself, which I'm currently trying to get a complex, Mm -hmm. um, which is like a tens unit just for me to flush it out myself whenever I feel it. Right. So you don't have to actually make an appointment to go do it. And you can just do it on the beach, for example, when you're reading your book. (laughs) Yes, just sit on the beach with my shoulder going (laughs) up. Yeah. But I like that we have all the resources available and then, just I feel like I can talk to my coach and be like, hey, today I need to take less swings. Okay. Um, and she's receptive to that. We're gonna try it tomorrow. Because I think will I need see. to. We will see. <laughs> um, but she's usually great about that with someone's uh-huh. back's hurting. She's like, okay, today no jumping. So I'm just gonna see just take a couple swings off. Speaking of back hurting, I remember your gym last season. It's like it's so so stiff it's so hard to jump on and I remember I think we had a morning training there and I was like I just my knees and my back I had so much pain yeah and just specifically this gym because it's it felt like it was like concrete with like a slab of wood on top yeah I really don't know what it is but we kind of we've had a couple players with back pains yeah mine typically comes after we train a lot and then go to a big weekend um I had like two weeks of back pains I think after playing in Slovenia. It, was it worse? Yeah. Oh, okay. So this was, I was able to kind of get away with this. And in a sense, club also prepared me for that because it is concrete with yeah sports court yeah. directly on top. And yeah. they might have that thin plastic in between to uh-huh. give you some support. How was it at Tennessee? Oh, we had very nice floors. Yeah. Um, we had our own state-of-the-art three-court brand new facility. It was 
opened up my senior year of high school. So by the time I got there, it was brand new locker rooms. We played Uh in Thompson Bowling Arena, which is our big basketball arena. So all of our floors were the nice wood that had a little bit of cushion in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was nice. That's what's crazy is that a lot of players are coming from these big schools with huge athletic departments and facilities out of this world. And I think maybe you're lucky that you went to Slovenia first. So it was almost like, uh, you know, like, woo, straight, yeah. to, straight to the, I don't know, I've never played in Slovenia, so I don't want to generalize, yeah. but you said it wasn't, facilities weren't great, experience wasn't yeah. top. So then to come back up a step to France, it feels Yeah, it's definitely, good. I think it's great here. I mean, I in Slovenia, I was extremely lucky to get there. I mean, I played in Champions League as a rookie straight out of college. Right. It was a great learning experience playing-wise, and I think it got me a lot of exposure. I mean, not many rookies at the age of 21 are playing in Champions League. For sure. Um, but like our weight room was in the hotel and we didn't have much access to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we had three courts in the hotel, which was nice and, and the thing, but we also didn't have a, like a PT that had access to as much stuff when he came to see us right. or, or things like that. So it was definitely going from texting my trainer at two o'clock in the morning saying that my shoulder's dislocating can you help me in the morning? She's like, yep, be here at 7 a.m. to oh. like, oh, he's here today. Do you need to see him? Kind yeah, of thing. T- on yeah. his schedule. Exactly. Your, I your mean, body at, schedule. Exactly. At Tennessee, we had a massage therapist. We had anything you could have ever needed. <laughs> and then just kind of coming over to pro where it's harder to access or things like that. I go to cryotherapy with mm. um, Oni just because I need more recovery than maybe – like we can get all the time. So it's nice that I have access to go do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like included kind of like it was at school, which yeah. is different. But it's it hasn't been a problem so far. It's a long season ahead, but yeah, it has not been a problem. And speaking of long season, do you envision having a long career? Do you want to play volleyball as long as your body will hold up? Or do you sort of feel yourself being pulled towards, you know, the other things that you are passionate about? I'm very on the fence about that. Mm-hmm. Um Cause I definitely want to play it out as long as my body will allow me. Yeah. But also at the same time, I feel that pull to what my internship was Yeah. just because of it was this summer. I think it's just so soon that I'm yeah. like, Oh, I want to go do this. I want to go do it now. But that was just because I was there and was experiencing it where now I'm like, I really like this pro life. Yeah. I'm living in the <laughs> South of France on the beach. I'm making a name for myself. I'm yeah. doing all these things. So I'm, on, I'm very on the fence about that. I know exactly <laughs> how you feel. Because I, well, I actually, to be honest, I was, as soon as I started, went pro, I thought I never want to quit. I love this lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Like people, it takes a certain personality, I think, to be comfortable with a new team every season, with a different city every season, making new friends and just kind of bopping around Europe and being far from your family. But it just fit my personality really well and I loved it. And I, yeah, I would be still playing until forever if it weren't for, you know, physically. Yeah. Just, I'm not that, not that fast anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to hear different perspectives from different players about, about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we've touched on a bunch of things. I yeah. feel like we've, we've dived into your brain and gotten a feel for your experience. Would you overall suggest? To someone who's sitting listening and they're kind of on the fence about going pro, maybe they're in college and they're thinking, do I want to go do an internship somewhere? Do I want to get a job or do I want to try one one or two years of pro? What would your advice or your words be for them? I would definitely say 
try and go pro. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a chance to, you're becoming your own person. I mean, I'm living in an apartment by myself, six hour difference from my family, from yeah. my friends. And so and you have a big family. You I have do. a lot of people. You yes. got to FaceTime. You got to make schedules. I send group texts like, hey, this is happening. Facebook. Yeah. Like just very, it's. You have a calendly schedule <laughs> for each, for each person we in your family. To, we need to organize a big call Zoom call. Yeah. Um, just so I can see all my nephews and nieces. Yeah. Um, but I'm learning and becoming my own person. I said, I've always, I've lived at home and mm-hmm. then I moved to college and I'm living with three other girls. And now I'm, this is the first time that I'm in an apartment by myself. Yeah. I'm in charge of the cooking. I'm in charge of the cleaning. I'm in charge of the wake yourself up mm-hmm. and like, don't be late, be on time. And just like the scheduling of everything. And I think that when I do decide to work, it's going to give me such a, an advantage. Yeah. Um, because trying to organize, even in college, your time schedule between studying, fitting in time to eat between workouts or practices or classes it's like as athletes, you already have an advantage. And I think kind of stretch that as far as you can. Like this is a great resume builder. It's a great experience. I mean, you're playing professional sports. I know. It doesn't really get better than that. Yeah. Um, and just the the networking that's available for everything. Like you never know. I could get a rec therapy job over here in France. Yeah. And so I think that this definitely is something that if you're on the fence about, you need to experience it. Mm-hmm. Um but don't give up on your other passions. Like I still research stuff about rec therapy, like, Oh, this new study came out. Yeah. And I'm like still keeping up with it. Um, I still get all the job offers from school. Um, they just forward them to us. And so it's really cool for me just to like stay involved in that, but also be over here doing something I absolutely love. I would say that's a really great advice is do pursue it. Do try it, try it out for a year, but in your free time and you will have free time. Yes, you will. Don't just watch Netflix. Don't just go shopping. Although if you love shopping, <laughs> go shopping. <laughs> but, you know, really focus on what is it maybe you want to do after volleyball because that day is going to come and you're going to realize that once you're not getting paid to play volleyball anymore, you're going to have to have some other skills. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, that's really good advice to actually sort of, you can do in parallel the two things, you know, yeah. because you do have a lot of free time over here that you can sort of dedicate to bettering yourself in some way or learning new things or exactly just staying involved in your you know whatever it was you were involved in over the summer so yes great advice yeah i love it i definitely 10 out of 10 recommend (laughs) can recommend (laughs) um cool well thank you so much for sitting down with me i feel like we've gone over all the things is there anything else that you i don't know want to talk about or don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. Bring yes, I love that childhood story of yours that, that you someone said you weren't good enough and you just proved them wrong. And that, for anyone who's younger and listening, is great advice. Not just in volleyball, but in anything and, in life. Yeah, and everything. You can do it. There is nothing to stop you except you. Exactly. Put your mind to it. I mean, it works. I'm, I'm very happy. So I love that. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you for having me. The Volley Bubble. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I feel like such a nerd when I say that. Um, But yes, we will follow your career and I will link all of the things in the video or in the description of the podcast so people can follow you, your journey. And thank you. Thanks for coming. Thank you. (laughs) 
Hey, it's Key. If you made it this far, that is amazing. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation. A little sneak peek into the minds of a couple of professional athletes. If you want to help us grow the show, please do subscribe so you guys will be notified when I have my next guest. And if you know any volleyball players that might enjoy listening, go ahead and share it with them or on your social media, tag me and I will be sure to repost it because you're amazing. <laughs> Definitely have a look on the YouTube channel for videos with today's guest and you'll see her team in training, you'll see where she lives and all the quirky, interesting details of life as a professional volleyball player in Europe. Also, if you guys have any suggestions for future guests, leave them in a comment over on YouTube or on Instagram. You can just search BB Key or Key Michael or the Volleyball Bubble and you should be able to find me. So thanks for listening and I'll catch you guys on the next one.